0: Goal is to bring you your
1: next favorite band.
2: Thanks for having us. This is a very cool show.
1: Yeah, so through many many iterations and
3: we finally landed on the weirdest one by far. Yes. Cool feelings and uh, boom, you got a sound.
4: I remember this one time. I've been writing some songs and I and I went out this I'm just going right in on that story. I went out and so I was
0: uh, uh, the story's longer than the song itself, we'll go ahead and play it.
1: And listen, it's gonna be everybody's favorite band. Welcome to your next favorite band. That's both the show title and our promise to you. We here at Stereophilia Studio are tireless in our pursuit of finding incredible, genre-defiant artists who are either a hot, up-and-coming band or a group that has been delivering for years but have flown under the radar. Tonight, the nomadic indie songstress who has stories to tell, Clover. Each month, we will bring you live streams audio podcasts, and perhaps even a live concert where you can listen to the stories and hear the music of artists personally curated by us based on what we feel will be worthy of your time. Be sure to subscribe and tune in to each episode because the possibilities are endless and you never know who will be your next favorite band. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Philip Reese.
4: And I am your last-minute co-host, Dan Drago from Philadelphia.
1: <laughs> that is exactly right.
4: And you are listening to... Your next favorite band. You yes, pointed to sweet. me, and I just... I, I'm going to drop the ball a lot tonight, You Phil. nailed I, it, I just though. want you to know that. What, what did you I say in the email? Uh, in the words of Whitney Houston, I'm your Dave tonight.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think would be a phenomenal version of that song. Hey, on, there's only one Dave, and it ain't me. <laughs> There was one David Moore. Yes, David, not able to join tonight. And I just thought about it. And I'm like, you know what, uh, too much, uh, too much to, to to banter about to do it solo. And sure. uh, specifically, actually, we have a shared topic. Oh, um, yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um but first, a little bit of uh, of, of of some uh, housekeeping, house cleaning. I don't know what the, the right. I
4: use I use right. I, I those terms uh, back and forth, and I don't believe either of them are correct. I don't, I don't think either of them are correct.
1: Right now that I think about it, I don't even know where that even originated from. It doesn't work. Um,
4: I, I heard Mark Marin say it once and something. I said and he probably did it wrong too. So it, it, it's, <laughs> we're, we're we're just whispering down the lane
1: here. That's true. Very very <laughs> true. So uh, some of this is kind of like, hey, if you're local to the Lehigh Valley, say within an hour, we're sharing some current events. But the first one kind of also has some, some cool stuff to it. So even if you're uh, farther afield, which I think I got that phrase right, um, <laughs> this still might be interest, uh, of interest to people. Our local public library is very, very cool. Um, and so they do something called Eleven Fest. And so to kind of express this, so up on the screen right now is, is the bands. Um, real quick, they, they basically are at 11 West Church Street. And so they started to again. Bethlehem has such amazing support of the music scene and the arts, and even podcasting. That the library was like, "Hey, let's raise some funds and form a studio." So they have a recording studio that's available for free oh, in the cool. public library. Yeah. So it's called Studio Eleven. So they're really embracing this Eleven thing. And then to raise money for it to keep it up throughout the year, um, they do Eleven Fest. So on November Eleventh, Eleven Eleven, they hire eleven mm-hmm. bands, oh, cool. um, and and they they each get to the ability to play and they actually pick it. So you'll love this part, Dan, they actually pick it so that each band gets progressively louder. So like the first <laughs> ones on now, I'll bring it back up again. So the wor- first ones on around five are going to be a little bit more calm, maybe acoustic or a piano based kind of thing. And then the ones uh, basically then the 11th band comes on at 11, 11 at night. <laughs> and what they but after each band they have this like pretend dial. So it goes from one and then it goes <laughs> and then they turn it.
4: So so it goes to eleven. It goes to eleven. Oh, that's the best. Oh like if 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 you're gonna commit to a bit, yes. then like whole whole asset. Whole yes. asset the whole way.
1: Yes. Props props to your library.
4: That's <laughs> Wait! Right. Wait! Way, way to commit! Way to commit!
1: Yes, and uh, and then they ask for the, like the suggested donation is eleven dollars, and so <laughs> why not? Um, exactly. Um, so it's a super cool thing, and then so like maybe if you're just so inclined that you love that little bit, and you think that you want to support again, like people who could use a free, like so that what with that, like local high school kids, other people, like they or podcasters, they can go into that recording studio and do stuff. Um, so it's a very cool offering for the community for free. Um, and uh, and so if you want to donate $11, we'll share the link in the show notes uh, for people to, to kind of I'm participate in, in I'm it.
4: in for 11 bucks. There you
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> and the other show next week, next Friday, uh, this is the one that uh, Nextfave Band is doing in conjunction with uh, Underground Music Collective uh, here in Bethlehem is the— Kind of a, a Nashville style songwriters round uh, with local Lehigh Valley and surrounding area um, artists. So, uh, up on the screen here, you can see beautiful distortion Billy Bauer, Bobby Siegfried, Bronte Fall. Carly Commando of uh, Slingshot Dakota, Chelsea Mitchell of Dirty Dollhouse, Roy and the Secret People, and Greg Adams from Tioga all will be a part of the evening. Uh, Four will go on stage, each play four songs, and then the other four will go on stage, each play four songs. Um, Available in the uh, the Blast Furnace room of ArtsQuest. It's really quite a cool thing that got kind of brought together. It was Gerard Longo's idea. He asked um, because he wanted to bring, because he's based in Nashville for the last five years. He was like, hey, I always wanted to bring this back to Bethlehem you know, do you want to kind of co-produce it? And I was like, sounds amazing. So we kind of have been working on that. And that's next Friday, the 17th. Um, we'll probably get some, you know, uh, recordings of it. But actually, we did some like little mini promo interviews. And next week's episode is going to be, um, you know, seven, eight minutes, 10 minutes from each of the interviews we did with all eight artists who are a part of it. So next week is, a, you know, kind of like a preview of each one of those artists. And we're looking forward to it. We're super psyched about that.
4: That's ah, a really, really cool night. You had sent that to me before I would make it up if we weren't going into like my crazy busy
1: season. That's right. You said you're going to be up to your elbows in, in turkeys,
4: Turkeys, yeah. My- <laughs> right up until Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And then I get the heck out of Dodge and yeah. uh, it's, it's a joy at least being, you know, being, being in, in, in the butchering field is that I'm done by
1: Wednesday. Like Wednesday, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, So like I had mentioned, we do have something to talk about together, but before we talk, like the, we recently turned the clocks back. Yes. And that we, we turned the clocks back on my, so where we're going to go to here is both Dan and I had trips to Japan. Oh yeah. I got home Sunday. I was about
4: to ask how the time change went and not just with the general, like 13 hour change between like, cause, cause you leave, you leave Tokyo at like, 10.30 10.30 in the morning and you arrive in the States at like 8 o'clock in the morning oh, and right. it's, it's the same day. And it's the weirdest in a... thing in the world. Yeah. And, but here's the thing, with
1: day. the clocks moving back and all of that, I had no way to calculate the actual duration of what we were doing. We, <laughs> we started in Kyoto and yeah. so that was a two-hour bullet train, a four-hour layover, a 13-hour flight, and then an hour and a half drive home from the airport with oh, a clock true. change. And then on my ride home, I start to hear that the Rolling Stones have a number one album and the Beatles have a hit. And I'm like, how far did we effing turn the clocks back? <laughs> we went back. We went real back. It's like a 60 year <laughs> dial back. I was like, Christy, Help. <laughs> something's wrong. Yeah. This is like so,
4: reverse reverse groundhog day or something like that. Oh my no, gosh. Yeah, So yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's uh, it, so
1: funny. But travel slog aside, yes. Japan, I think we both say was a very very special experience. It was remarkable.
4: I'm still like I'm still bummed at the universe, not at either of us, but at the universe that we missed being able to hang out together in Tokyo by like I, We missed it for 4 days.
1: Oh, it was so brutal. Yep. I left, on a twos- cool. I left on a
4: Tuesday I left on a Tuesday or a Wednesday and you got in on like a Saturday and it was, there's just, there was no, I mean, these, these, these things get planned in advance people. And so, you know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah, Um, it's not like you can adjust it at that
4: time. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, it was, I mean, you and I, I mean, I was sending you stuff while I was there. I was trying to like soften the ground up for you and just be (laughs) like, go here. Don't go here. Except I experienced no thing in Japan that I would say, don't do that. No, you're absolutely right. Everything we did was excellent. Yes.
1: Uh, I was saying that like from the smallest, ramen shop to the most expensive meal we had Mm -hmm. everything had the same amount of care and excellence and i
4: did not have a single disappointing food experience same Um, and i and i say this as like in my day life of coming from i i come from the food industry i've been doing it for yeah that's a couple true. of decades i have opinions on opinions and i'm a huge snob sometimes
1: um, in a good way though like you're i you're stand- standards like, yes yeah yes. exactly so and i have I a couple have pictures a here bad thing yeah that you shared if you want to kind of banter oh, yeah, a little sure. bit about your trip here's you uh Dressed for the, for the occasion. Uh,
4: this is in Hakone, uh, which is in the mountains. It's where a lot of the traditional onsen uh, hotels and inns are. Uh, we still opted for one with Western-style beds. I was not down with sleeping on the floor. I just didn't think that was going to go well.
1: We, we uh, did do that. When we how, did, in- how was the floor? <laughs> uh, it was a, a remarkably close.
4: <laughs> to the ground, yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: uh, well, it's, yeah. Yes. Well, and then when we were came home, I misjudged it in a normal size bed. I actually put my feet out, expecting them to kind of hit, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you get used to it real quick. Um, uh, but yeah. yeah I, so the,
4: we, we slept in western style beds. That's the uh that's like the 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 clothing that they give you in the inn. Like you yeah. don't have to wear it, but you can go to dinner, but you dressed like do. that. You yeah. you I, I, again if it talk, when we talked before about committing to the bit, Correct. if you're in you're in you just mm-hmm. like put put the thing on and it wasn't like it wasn't uncomfortable it was incredibly comfortable and i didn't feel i thought i would feel weird about it that it was like some sort of like cultural cosplay mm-hmm. or something no, yeah. and, <laughs> I, and I was you. just like and I, I was trying to be respectful i was like well i'm not gonna dress like that i'm not i know from here and then it turns out literally everyone sure. everyone does it yeah the respect
1: um, is to do it not to avoid it yeah. in
4: fact you look more like a weirdo if you yep. show up to dinner in in regular in, in regular Western clothing clothes, yeah. so
1: I'm i'm glad i was
4: like ain't no one gonna mistake me for for japanese no so i i was like i'll put the thing on i had the little the the the, the, the belt and everything it was yep. very cool very uh cool. and that that place in in hakone was probably top five meals i've ever had in my life oh that's awesome just amazing
1: i have yep. one for that as well then this was something you did a lot of crate diving uh oh, at local man. record stores
4: so so the record the record store situation in Japan, is insane. Um and this was in uh this is in Osaka. Um and the mm. place was amazing, kind of specialized in like different kinds of electronic and world electronic and all that. Uh, but a lot of like lounge and chill stuff. Like basically, if you're a guy like me and you like stereo lab a lot, uh you're, you're you would love this store. Newtone Records in Osaka. Like it's my new favorite record store <laughs> away from home. And the people there were excellent. There was a woman named Aya, she was about my age. we we communicated as best we could through uh, her pretty decent English, my horrible Japanese, and my Google translator on my phone. Um, <laughs> but we discovered that we were both huge uh, like native tongues hip-hop fans. So like sure. Tri-Call Quest, De La Soul, oh, yeah. Queen Latifah, all that. Um, and she she just kept bringing me records to sample because you could sample it through. They had a whole digital system there oh, wow. where you could just listen to samples of pretty much everything in stock. So she just kept bringing me stuff, and she knew what she <laughs> was doing.
1: Yes. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> um and uh and then lastly you gave me this picture.
4: Ah, yes. This was in Hamamatsu. Mm-hmm. Uh which is where uh we, we took the train to Hamamatsu uh from Osaka. It was a hour and a half, 2 hours in the train. Hamamatsu is the home of uh the Yamaha Musical Instrument Museum mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. innovation center. Um and I had to go because you of can course. you can reserve like a ticket time in the museum. They let very few people into it. And half the museum is playable instruments. As you see behind me, I got guitars and amps and everything. Yeah, let me- um, And yeah, so that was it. That, that met us at the train station. Like right when we came out of the train station uh, in, in Hamamatsu, uh, there was that guy right yeah. there. He was fun. <laughs> Best eel I've ever had in my life yes. was in Hamamatsu.
1: So cool. And we yeah. are not doing this justice. Like, obviously we, you, you spent a good bit of time there. We were there for nine days and we could spend probably an entire podcast per day, uh, like a whole episode on each, what, what happened. But so real quick to rip through our experiences, this is the town of Nico, which looked like something from like world building. Like it looked like something out of like a a video game because there was this beautiful Lake with this town along the shore and then this waterfall p- p- kind of, it just looked amazing. So that's me and my wife, Christy, our daughter, Gianna, she's studying abroad this semester in Tokyo. So we went basically to visit her. And then that was a two hour drive, like you were saying, to kind of go visit this amazing cultural site. That's, it's a
4: gorgeous, gorgeous. Yeah. The, the
1: the landscape there is at, like
4: getting out of the cities and into the, in, mm-hmm. and into the country and just seeing it's, it's a volcanic island. So yes. like the mountains are going to not, they, everything like, it it doesn't slope like in the states this stuff literally like came up out of the ground Absolutely. like over the years and it's just <laughs> gorgeous when i was in hakone on Lake ashi i was getting some real like adirondack lake george vibes sure. out of it just all that trees yep and just oh it's beautiful it's just beautiful it was
1: it was yeah. awesome so here was one of our best meals it was basically like a the person was a uh, butcher, you would have loved it. It was like yeah. the, the, the chef that belonged to this restaurant took the pieces of a Wagyu beef cow. And we had basically like one bite of almost everything. Oh, and we, So like they would come talk to him like, this is from the shoulder and this is why we do this with it. And then this one's from the hip. And then this was the tongue and this was the undertone. And then this was the aorta. And I was like, Grr! but I was like, but you got to do it. So like aorta, that, eh? aorta. And then, hmm. uh, There was a little bit of stomach, but then mostly it was the really good pieces at the end where it would just was so delicious. It was amazing. Like this was what basically kind of like they would bring it out to. Oh, this was a different one. This was uh, a place that did like tofu like 900 different ways. Oh well, that was so good. Oh this that was, was like so you
4: had your bamboo and then, your your bamboo drink.
1: Yeah. It was basically <laughs> drinking sake out of a bamboo shoot which I just thought was pretty badass. You got to Absolutely. When and in, then when in Japan. This is just a quick temple. This is called Kinkakuji Temple and it was in a Kyoto and then lastly um, this was like my favorite little thing. So this was like the I don't know if this was a word I kept coming across in Japan was balance. Mm. And so we just was just something we came across, and they were like, oh, do you want us to sit down and have some matcha and a confection? And we were like, sure. So we just sat down. It wasn't something we planned. And it was like, it just blew me away with the simplicity because the matcha is kind of bitter, and the confection was like too sweet. So each one on their own would not have been a delight. But to take a bite of one and a sip of the other together at the same time, it was just like, it brought out everything. And now I sound like a weirdo. But at the same point, it was like, it was the yin and yang of the whole thing. And it was just oh, like, yeah. Holy cow, it was just so simple, and yet so complex. And I was just like, this is what it's kind of all about. They just have such a commitment to complexity and simplicity. And it's just like, it was just everywhere.
4: My favorite thing was the idea, and I experienced this uh, not just in restaurants, but in record stores and really any kind of business, was everyone specializes. In in America, I feel like we're always trying to be the big thing, the a little bit of everything for everyone. And I think that can sometimes be to our detriment. Um, what I loved is that, there again, that record store that I went to specialized in a very kind of specific niche kind of music, and they knew everything about it and had tons of options. You go to a restaurant, they make one kind of ramen from chicken
1: stock. And yes, that's, that's true. what you, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. Like, and right. you know, otherwise go, don't go to that restaurant. Yeah, like, like your choice like, is where have to have go. Sushi. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Go to
4: the sushi place. It's literally two doors down. Like, <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I went to so, an eel
4: restaurant where every single protein was eel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes. Different types anyway. of eel. Um, so, Yes. If anybody wants to hear more, stop, Dan, and or I at any moment, we will be happy to talk yeah. for about an hour about it, but we got to get to our guest.
0: We're going to do this one this other thing December, I wanted to right? touch
1: on, because I think it's topical and it will be a great transition into our, our guest for the evening, Clover. Um, recently, WXPN did a balloted like you could submit your top 10 in order songs by females. Um, and so it was the only kind of criteria was that it was a female lead singer. And then from there, it was put in your top 10, and they're going to compile a list of the 885 because their uh, frequency is 88.5. So it's 885 greatest songs by a, by women. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I'm, we're only going to list them today because we got to get to the interview but <laughs> you me and nate from uh from yo that's my john i think are going to get into why we'll we do a round table so in yeah. the meantime we're just going to share them and we're going to get added all over the place because like how could you not put whitney on your list but anyway we have method to our madness uh here's dan's if you want to r- rip through yours okay. All right, so uh, I only
4: have I only numbered the number one and everything else is just in there. But my number one is probably Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill. Excellent like that's choice. just one of my favorites. It has been one of my favorite songs since I first heard it as a very, very young person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Violet by Hole. How do you pick one Hole song? I don't know. I picked got that it. one. Yep. Uh, I picked Saints from the Breeders instead of Cannonball because I like Saints better than Cannonball. Love it. Uh, Seether by Veruca Salt. I Great remember sound. the first time I heard that on the radio and it changed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matter Rose were a little bit of a lesser known New York uh, but uh, I I got hooked onto them from WBER and Rochester. I was just going to say, I yep. knew
1: Matter Rose as well from Joey from BER. So yep. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, your
4: next five? My next five. Uh, Betty Davis is someone I've come to over the last, I'd say five or six years. Uh, just an insanely talented and out there uh, funk soul performer. She was a model as well. Just mm-hmm. uh, a, a wholly singular talent. Uh, Ani DeFranco, again, Western New York, uh, out of range, uh, the acoustic version, not the electric. Um, <laughs> en Vogue's "Free Your Mind" again. En Vogue, I have loved En Vogue since I first heard them on the radio as a as a before teen. I was probably nine or ten years old the first yep. time I heard En Vogue. Uh, Amy Mann, that was hard to pick a song, but "Calling It quits" sure. is probably up there for me and one of my favorite songs by her. Uh, and Liz Fair's "Supernova" uh, was the song that hooked me into Liz Fair at a, yeah. a, as, as a teenager, and I. Was am and will forever be a fan. So, yeah,
1: and Supernova was in my next 10. It was in my top 20. Didn't make yeah. my top 10. Here's my 10. Uh, started off with Cosmic Love by Florence and the Machine, then Why by Annie Lennox, The Mummer's Dance, Lorena McKennett, Think by Aretha Franklin, Hollywood Love Song, Dirty Dollhouse, uh, Last Day of Our Acquaintance, Sinead O'Connor, Clearest Blue by Churches, Alligator of My of Monsters and Men. Los Ageless, St. Vincent, and then Black Parade by Beyonce, the Queen Bee. So again, you. you can all send us hate letters or love letters based on that. We're going to definitely get into some of that because there were it was such a daunting task. It was impossible to actually do it in a way that would not leave something or multiple somethings out. Um, and so... Uh, you just had to kind of make a decision on how you were carving it down to 10 and then just go with it. So
4: I, I had to um, leave out Bjork. I left out
1: Bjork. Mm-hmm. And Jay she was in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, that's the thing is I think we'll have fun talking yeah. about the, how we got to that 10, but also then who did we leave out that just broke our heart? Like, yeah. Um, and, and so I'll save, you know, some of my detail there for that, but uh, time to get to our guest of the day. Um, So what we will do here is bring in some music as we often do. Um, so what we're going to do here is bring in the song Sunman by Clover uh, so that you have a good uh, kind of sense for, for, for her music, which is stunningly awesome. Uh, then Dan's going to bring in some bio and then we're going to bring on Clover and, uh, and Danny Sundry. So here is Sunman by Clover.
4: All right. Clover is a singer-songwriter currently based in Brooklyn, New York, and Frenchtown, New Jersey. Beautiful town, Frenchtown, New Jersey, by the way. Right on the Delaware River. I love it. Uh, captivating and soulful with vocals way bigger than her body. Clover wisps you away into a word. world of angelic anthems inspired by the likes of Lake Street Dive, Maggie Rogers, Florence the Machine, Lordy, Carol King. She warmly welcomes you with a blend of soul, rock, and pop that echoes timelessness. In 2018, after graduating from Bard College, Clover was invited to participate uh, on NBC's The Voice. She spent a month in L.A. filming for the show before she decided to leave prior to the premiere and fly home. This was a defining moment for Clover in her career as she realized the importance of her independence and the power of having complete control over her music and image. Right on. Since then, Clover has fluidly moved through her independent artistry and Grace. In the fall of 2018, she moved to Brooklyn, where she frequently performs at New York City venues like Rockwood Music Hall, Pete's Candy Store, Pianos, uh, and she's made appearances on WNYC's The Green Space for Next Best Thing. Uh, after releasing her debut single, This Love, in early 2020, she left Brooklyn and spent a year driving around the country to bring music to people during the pandemic through street performance with her partner, Sun him. While on the road, she started making her own sustainable merch to sell while busking. She thrifted t-shirts, naturally dyed them with plants, and learned screen print in various places that became home. Sustainability, female empowerment, and social activism guide her music. She recently co-wrote "Power" for uh, M I L C K, milk. I don't know if I spell that or say that. Featured uh, on ABC Network uh, for Women's History Month in March of 2022. And in August of 2023, she performed on her biggest stage yet at Music Fest in Bethlehem, PA. Woo-hoo. With her debut album, The Works, this
1: is just the beginning of Clover's rise as an artist. We've got the bridge here going on, and welcome to the show, Clover and Danny Sundry.
3: Hello! What's Thank up? you so much for that warm welcome.
1: <laughs> and we're going to let this kind of continue to play in the background for us. Um... And the it was I always love watching the artists kind of rock out to their own music. It's fantastic. You got to you. you made That's it exactly right. Um, but uh, but so yeah, tell us more about this song. From what I understand, uh, you wrote it for Danny on his birthday, which was the summer solstice.
3: That is true. I wrote it actually like where this where we shot this video is where I wrote the song. We were like living in a tent. In the woods in upstate New York, with you see some like backup dancers with all of those people oh,
0: that's um, awesome.
3: at the time. So I wrote this song quietly in my tent, <laughs> and then um, yeah, on Danny's birthday, I played it for him, and then oh wait, oh oh, oh, oh. almost kissed. But
2: okay. <laughs>
3: um, it's funny hearing
2: you talk about it with like the visual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Um, yeah people and then that. because i wrote it there and shared it there we had this like amazing community of artists who helped us um, make this video yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: i mean it, it I, the story comes out all the time that like the way that i prepare for music fest and the 450 bands that are playing on the free stages is to put together a spotify playlist that goes about 28 hours when you put three to four tracks per you know artist on there um you know and and always there's, there's seven to 10 to 20 that just jump out. And you were one of them this last year was when I would just listen to a track like that one, it made me want to go and find more of it. And so like then meeting you, you know, uh, at the stage and then asking you to come on the show, was just like such a cool thing. So um just so honored to have you on. So this is terrific.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. Um, and then like, just to always wanting to hear some of that backstory is, is like, the reason why we we love to do this, um, so very cool to hear how the video was was made and, and all that other good stuff. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we love to kind of go back into the backstory here, and um, that isn't your most current music, um, but we're going to share that, and then in the in the bio there, just to give people a little bit of a of a, of a teaser. Um, that this love song that really was kind of what broke through for you, we're going to play after the credits. So listen through to the whole interview and the closing credits, and then this love will be kind of at the end there, which I was a thing I stole from Dan. He actually always does that, where he plays a track at the very end of an yeah. interview. Um, and I was like, I really like that. So it uh, that's, that's the feature for tonight. But um, going before that, so like it mentioned in your bio there that you graduated from Bard College, but maybe let's roll it back a little bit prior to that is – you know, what was your introductions to music? Like, uh, you know, where did it all start for you and where did the inspirations come from?
3: My household was a very musical household. Um, both of my parents, like actually neither of them were musicians or played music, but there was always music playing in my house. Um, Mm -hmm. we had these speakers that looked like rocks, that went out into the backyard. And awesome. so this was like pre-Sonos. This was like something yeah. my dad rigged together. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we always had music blasting in the house, front door open, you could hear the music from down the street. Um, yeah, so my parents were music lovers. My dad was a DJ. Mm. Um, yeah, and so my my first introduction to music was just that it was everywhere all It was the present, time. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: And any specific genre there or any particular thing that led you to want to create?
3: Um, it was all over the place. My mom loved like Joni Mitchell and more folk and R and B and my dad, like sometimes there was like house music playing other times it was like noise, like actual, just like people like banging on metal or like scratching things. And it was kind of, weird and freaky so maybe mm-hmm. my inspiration was like i want to make music so that he plays what i make instead <laughs> stop of stop
1: playing yeah, that day yeah.
4: <laughs> take that john cage and your music concrete like <laughs> enough of this what kind of dj was your father
3: he also played a, like a, a, a little bit of everything um we currently have well we had almost three to four thousand of his vinyl like oh, in wow my house right now we are currently working on sifting through and um slimming down that collection um but yeah there's like literally everything
2: yeah it's great there's like Afrobeat, latin hip-hop <laughs> ambient like jazz i mean literally everything but amazing like a beautiful collection i wish i could have gone to some of the parties he dj'd because yeah. <laughs> he had good stuff that's really good so stuff. cool
1: that is so cool. Um, and then, uh, so you go to Bard College and then you go there for music?
3: I went there to study music and psychology with mm-hmm. this kind of dream of going into music therapy. Music had always been very therapeutic for me. Sure. Right, right, um, right. Like, I got into songwriting and really, yeah, just like writing original music and diving deeper into it in high school. And that was a very tumultuous time for me and my family, like my parents got divorced. And so I like found this therapy for myself in songwriting. And then when I went to, or when I was like applying to schools, I was like, I love music so much. How can I make it a career? Um, Not realizing that I could just like be a musician and perform. (laughs) So I was like, I need to make sense of this. So, sure. Yeah. And was into psychology. So I went to study music and psychology. And then after my first year, I fell like so deeply in love with performance and writing Mm -hmm. that I decided to just like do that for four years. And then if I ever wanted to go back to school in the future and study music therapy, I could.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: So I ended up studying music
0: instead. Yeah, that's. I mean, the,
1: the when the the magic grabs you, like you 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 just can't ever turn it off. It's like you you just have to kind of follow the calling. So that just seems to be so common for for this the backstory of just like you know I just couldn't do anything else.
3: <laughs> it, that's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: And I knew that. And the therapy
1: is still there. Like you know, it's still you're not trained in it, but you're still bringing that for people.
3: Yeah, and now I actually. Teach like for my day job, I mm-hmm. teach songwriting lessons. I saw that. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. yeah, songwriting and mindfulness lessons. So it's kind of this idea of like learning an instrument through writing your own songs and then yep. also learning different mindfulness practices like meditation and other mm-hmm. things to um, incorporate into your practice, kind of like calm the mind and yep. um, get rid of any anxiety you may have about writing or performing, mm-hmm. being a musician. Um, so yeah, even though I didn't study music therapy, it's still very much a part of what Absolutely. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So where does the song, this love come in? Like, where does that get inspired and written?
3: That, I think I wrote my senior year of college. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. was before I met Danny.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I remember like up until that point I had been writing, I was very inspired by Regina Spector. Mm-hmm. Um, and like was into this kind of, I don't know, she doesn't really fit into a genre, but she's very much like singer songwriter, um, quirky, weird, uh, vibes and she's amazing. Um, but yeah, I was kind of in that world and I knew that I, the people who I was listening to in college were much more in like the soul R and B pop world. Um, and so I remember just like, Wanting to step a little bit more into that, writing that song, I think I started it actually in like a cabin or something in upstate New York when yeah. I went away for a weekend. And
1: because um, yeah, Bard I'm, is in that upstate New York area where it's a beautiful area. Yeah, and and yeah, so, so I can see where that, you know, is highly inspiring. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And so I remember writing that and I sent it to my brother and he was like, This is my favorite song you've ever written. And I was like, okay, then this is the one I'm going to record sure. and release. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then of
1: course it has that classic story now of getting released, starting to get acclaim, and pandemic hits. Yeah. And it just kind of sucks. It's like,
3: I, Yeah. That's I was gotta thinking... be
1: like just deflating and scary. And, you know, you just get a moment of just, I don't know, just I, all the emotions.
3: I was thinking about that earlier actually. And how like, you know, some people who put out music, In 2020, I've seen their career like just grow dramatically because Mm -hmm. they, I don't know, maybe they're like a little bit younger and more savvy with technology and social media. And they like really knew how to jump Mm -hmm. on the opportunity of like everyone being in that space. Um, But what happened for us was actually very different in that, like, our world was turned upside down, and all of the sudden our jobs were remote and all the venues were closed and we love live music so much that we were like, there's an opportunity here for us to go play music on the street for people because there's no live music. So instead of what some other people were doing was like really getting into the recording and putting out music and, you know, going on TikTok and social media. And like during that time, I think we just saw this like really wonderful world of bringing live music to people in a new way yeah, for yeah. us busking. I mean, people have been busking and doing street performance for a very long time, but for of us, course, that, was but new, yeah, no. that was new, yeah.
1: And also it was taking, a, not advantage, it was, it was seizing the moment of you yeah. knew people wanted it and you needed it to perform to get it out there. So from what I saw, like you were all through the mountains of North Carolina, you went to the Red Rocks in Colorado, you ended up in California for a little bit. So like there was like a really cool little you did a national tour.
3: We did, <laughs> we <laughs> and did. I imagine it's this must be
1: also tour. where where you meet Danny. So, like, where did where did this magic happen?
3: I met Danny like January right of 2020. Yeah. We'll say so like right before the pandemic hit. Yeah, right we, we met we had, yeah. through um, something called Music Collage, which mm-hmm. you can probably speak to. A yeah, it's bit these more. vocal
2: improv workshops that I I teach in uh, in Brooklyn they cool. kind of like weekly musical playgrounds, like 10 people in a room improvising music together. Mm-hmm. And Clover came.
3: Yeah, I came to one of the singing workshops and it was terrifying <laughs> because... I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> like as someone who went to school for music and very much learned to like use their voice in a specific way for sure. performance, like coming into this space where you, you needed to just like throw all that out the window and improvise and use your voice in, in new ways. It was like very scary for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, mm-hmm. But that was also a moment where one of the many moments in my life where I realized, Oh, when you like go, into that zone that's a little uncomfortable and, like, push past it, then there's so much growth. Mm
0: -hmm, And mm -hmm. that's
3: what happened there. And then I was like, this guy's cute, too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then... And
4: in the end...
3: (laughs) And then... And then, um... In March, Danny went... Or, like, yeah, let's say in March, he went to Mexico before Mm -hmm. the pandemic hit.
2: Right, right, And
3: we had... Been on a few amazing dates and,
2: um, like playing basketball with someone named Destiny,
3: that's true, <laughs> which is is now in a lyric of a song I played at uh Music Fest, but oh, it's not cool. released yet. Yeah, uh-huh. um, a few basketball dates. We love basketball,
1: right? Right, right. And now, yeah. so like, if if I get it right, so summer solstice being the birthday, that's June, right? So you're June kind of three months into the pandemic, you're in that kind yeah. of you know, wooded. Uh, community of people and you're still creating. And then at some point you say, we got to go and busk and, mm-hmm. and perform across the country. So that's how you kind of get through all that. Right. Um, the one thing, so you have to go with me here because this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment, but, but trust me for a minute. All right. um, I think when people hear quote, just a vocalist, it might be like, Oh, well, this is, you do. she's just a, a singer. Like, it's not going to be. And, the first thing that happens is you fill the stage with just simply the, 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 your voice, um, and also your energy and all that stuff. And then also the guitar and the beats and stuff. But the other element is the, 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 uh, the message that you're sharing is like, you've got very deep stories to tell. Um, and so one of them we wanted to kind of chat about here, uh, because this is kind of, that song comes out around this time as well is Roe v. Wade gets taken away. Um, And you uh, write a song called War on Women. Mm -hmm. And uh, it being Election Day, I kind of wanted to have you speak to that topic because it's very much on the ballot here today as a topic, but also is a great song and it is very important message to share. And then you said you might be able to even perform it tonight.
3: Yeah, yeah, we would love to perform it.
1: Cool. Um, so what I'll do is I'll take Dan and I off the screen. You can talk about the song, and then if you're, you you want to just kind of lead that into the performance.
3: Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um,
1: if that works, let's do that. So yeah. yeah. Um,
3: Sounds good. Cool. Do you want you get your guitar? Oh, and then should we? We were gonna do a little to make the sound. Should I do that? Yeah. What do I press? Boop boop. Okay. Um. So yeah, when. Roe v. Wade got overturned. We were living in um, Hudson, New York at the time and I felt incredibly defeated, very anxious and like I needed to do something. Um, And the obvious thing at first to me would be like to go to a protest, to do something like very physical. Um, But I actually felt like I could maybe make more of an impact by turning to song and creating something that could bring people together to sing Um, and just to get, yeah. I I thought, you know, if I'm feeling this, other people must be feeling this. Um, So yeah, I started to write this song and I remember we had a, a house show, I think just a few days after Roe v. Wade was overturned. and. Um, I wanted to finish the song to share at this event um, where we had a bunch of women in the audience. And I remember getting on stage and wanting to like keep it together and give this very professional performance. And I just started crying in front of everyone. Um, But I feel like this is something to cry about. This is something to be, feel angry about. This is something to come together about. And um, yeah, so now this song exists. So hopefully we can do that.
0: i trying to dictate when life starts I've got my intuition You don't make my decisions I know you want the power Sovereign's it's hours Come try and take our eyes Like a lightning ride, when we get in formation and know our destination, together we're unstoppable. No matter what what, 'cause we are strong. Oh oh. oh, oh, oh. My body is in a playground. My body is in a game. It's not something you can fuck around with. Aren't you ashamed? You feel the repression. You try to fan the flame. We'll fight back like a wildfire that can't be tamed. The war on women, you know that we'll be winning, my God, feel the power like a lightning rod. When We do get information, and know our destination, together we're unstoppable, no matter what. Cause we are strong Oh, 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 yeah, we are strong My body, my soul
1: Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. And powerful. I mean, like like we talked about. I mean, it's such an important topic, and uh, you know, this is the time to make sure that that stuff is protected in whatever ways we can. So, uh, get out there and vote. (laughs) Don't let those opportunities pass you by. Um, But anyway, um, so other times. So this female empowerment, not the only thing that you're. Um, you know, uh, finding important. Uh, another one uh, is su- su- sustainability. Sustainability.
3: Sustainability. <laughs> sustainability.
1: Yeah. Ah. Thank you for helping me through that one. But uh, Dan, why, I know you wanted. The, to talk this about was that. something
3: uh,
4: that jumped out of me
1: in in
4: in your bio and in, in your press info, uh, which I got uh, this morning. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's,
1: what, that's my my bad.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, I the there's a reason that that you're in someone's Rolodex, uh, but. Um, <laughs> What really jumped out to me was that, like, you had gone and sort of – I guess the term we use now is, like, upcycling or, or, or something like that. But to take, like, you know, these clothes and then you were dyeing them naturally, like, in the style – like, in through the practices that, like, you know – people in this world have been doing for hundreds if not thousands of years uh my my partner is an art historian and also uh focuses on, on material culture so these are things that while i'm certainly not an expert in i have heard a lot about it uh, mm. so you're you're like you're hand dyeing uh t-shirts with natural plant materials which it goes back you know thousands of years uh as, as, as people creating clothing and making it you know artistic and colorful uh did you know how to do any of this before you started doing it, or was it just like, well, no one else is gonna make the merch for me? I guess I might as well make it myself
3: yeah i that's super cool that uh your wife's an art historian, and um yeah, I did not know how to do any of this um <laughs> before I started making this merch. This was all new to me, but I definitely like I was struggling with I wanted to make merch, making merch is fun, you know and And, um, the fans love it, but I felt so conflicted. Like every, we all already have t-shirts. We have Mm -hmm. enough t-shirts, like people want, yeah, but people (laughs) want t-shirts. So I'm like, how can I do this in a way that feels good? Mm -hmm. Um, and this was all happening while we were on the road also. So I was like, you know, we were in places I'd never been before. I would stop at a thrift store, like a Goodwill, I would find white t-shirts and then, um, I learned to make my own screen for printing, mm-hmm.
0: oh, which was cool. also
3: wild to do that, like, while in a new home every few, you know, how like, weeks sure. or something. Um, I remember, like, finding a closet in this apartment we were renting, and that was where, like, I put the screen to, like, be in the dark and mm-hmm. it was just so like such a DIY way of doing things. <laughs> um but yeah so I made my own screen and then with the plant dye we actually have a really good friend who lives in upstate New York and her company is called Hanooks mm-hmm. and she does um incredible plant dyeing. So I kind of like turned shout to out her to Yeah wow. Hanukes, yeah. <laughs> yeah shout out Hanooks um, I turned to her for inspiration of like how I could This And then I did a lot of the dyeing while we were in California, which was amazing because we had an abundance of avocados and pomegranates like just outside our door. Um, So I would go and collect them and then dye the shirts
1: with them. That is so cool.
4: Yeah, it's 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 ira- remarkable. And speaking back to like what Phil and I were talking about in the beginning of the show uh, about our trip to Japan, one of the things that played a large role in my trip was visiting these indigo dye studios mm-hmm. um, with with my partner. Uh, so we, we we had a little work uh, to to do over there as well, and just being blown away at the the amount of work and care and expertise. You're you're a scientist. You're like a you're a, it, it's it's chemistry. Uh, mm-hmm. But you're also doing it to make t-shirts. And I do like the idea that you're like, what am I gonna do? Like call up another t-shirt printer and get another hundred of these made, which which no one will buy because right. they look because they look like everyone else's t-shirts. Like I'm sure you've had such such greater success, not just mm-hmm. in like moving the units, but in like having that connect- connection between you and, and and the thing you make, and then the person who it's just like, well, this isn't just sunk that you order and are selling to me at a markup like you you made a work of art and you're you're selling it to them. yeah
3: yeah um there is one funny story of like a t-shirt that i made not one of the plant dyed ones but one that i did like draw and design by hand and then Mm -hmm. have someone else print um i received a photo from one of my students parents of like this one of my t-shirts and this random person wearing it and i didn't know them i didn't recognize them from a show they asked them they were like where'd you get that t-shirt they're like oh i bought it at beacon's closet in brooklyn <laughs> so like someone did get one of my t-shirts and they're like oh i don't want this anymore i'm gonna give it to the thrift store and now like random <laughs> random people are uh, That's amazing. It buying my shirts from Beacon's Closet.
1: At least it got recycled. It's
2: out there in the world. That person likes it. That That person is wearing it. I mean, Beacon's Closet is like like, they reject 95% of people's clothes. Oh, even better. It's like like a vintage shop that is quite selective. So the fact that it got in and sold in Beacon's Closet means
0: (laughs) You should just start making more and
4: just sneaking them in the
2: back.
0: Just send them to Beacon's
1: Closet.
4: One or two at a time. I'm also now a fashion designer.
1: Uh, Add that to the resume. So, uh, do you know the organization Music Declares Emergency?
3: No, I it's don't. It's a
1: British-based company. So it's not uh, British. It's, it's international, really. But, like, um, it's uh, it's basically trying to declare, you know, the climate emergency and getting the music industry to kind of say there's sustainable ways to print vinyl. There's sustainable ways to print mm-hmm. T-shirts. There's So, like, you should check in with that organization. Yeah um and just see first of all they're super awesome to to get to, to familiar with um but secondly they um they they might have either advice or or different ways that you can also explore that to keep it sustainable
3: thank you that's
2: yeah. that's, that's very helpful
3: know. yeah good to know
2: <laughs> yeah at a certain point after that merch it became Hard to hand print and dye every oh, year. it's a
3: lot of work
4: mm-hmm. it's a whole other job that you can <laughs> yeah. have <laughs> right. yeah, on top of writing songs, performing mm-hmm. them, touring, driving the 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 van, doing the booking the mm-hmm. website, yeah. the social media, the content creation mm-hmm. um, and on top of that you're a you're an artisan bespoke clothing maker. it's just like it's sometimes you are just like, look d i y is fun, but <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly
1: So the uh, Women, female empowerment And uh, sustainability You are inspired to speak to Because it's the world you're living in And you see issues And you want to speak to them and see a change happen Um, Another topic that you Are uh, You know, inspired by Is one that was thrust upon you And your uh, parents Tragically had passed away very closely apart. What was it, a month apart?
3: Yeah, less than yeah. less than two months apart. Less mm-hmm. than two
1: months apart. So yeah. first of all, sorry um, that that happened, but uh, you turned to music and songwriting and being vulnerable about it to work through, um, you know, the uh, the process. And I just wanted to give you a moment to speak to that because I know it's important for you to kind of have that as an outreach as well, because a lot of people are in that same place. And so one thing we always want to do on this show is help somebody maybe not so feel alone.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me turning to being vulnerable and sharing about my personal experience in general with my songwriting is like kind of my, that's like my mission statement. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Um, and I'm definitely still processing the grief and mm-hmm. will continue to be vulnerable. Sometimes it's like more clear about what I wanna share and other times I'm just like literally feeling sure. it and there's mm-hmm. nothing to to say or share in that moment. But um, I do feel like this is something that before this experience, I, I, I hadn't lost anyone and so I had, like, no framework for No point how of reference, you, yeah. Yeah, no, no point of reference for how you continue to exist and, like, move throughout the world when you experience something like this. So I don't know. It just felt so powerful to document my mm-hmm. experience um, from the beginning. And also, in some ways, it felt very... I really struggle with figuring out which words to use, but mm-hmm. it's it felt very spiritual, I guess. Sure. Um to not have a point of reference and really just be feeling
1: in that moment. Yeah, just be yeah. feeling
3: exactly what is coming through my body and my experience and not be like, "Oh, but that person said that like grief works like this, so I am in I'm experiencing this," you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um yeah. So at one point someone did say to me, like, I, w- I was feeling angry and they're like, Oh, you're feeling anger. So you're at this, like, there are like seven Stage, stages yeah. of grief.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stages. luck following that roadmap, you know, it's yeah. Right. right. Yeah. and I'm like, yeah. that's yeah. just
3: yeah. not, not for me. Yeah. Um, the best well,
1: way I ever heard it described, um, was that, you know, grief is like this boulder that lands on top of you and at times it'll shrink and at times it'll get bigger, but it's never going to go away. And so, at best, it's this pebble in your pocket that you pick up one day and go, oh, that's right. That really awful thing happened to me. But it's never gone. Right. And it's crippling at times. But at other times, it's just something you carry with you.
4: Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that you learned, you, you said not having a context, uh, but but like grief and loss is like one of the most universal things sure. uh, that all of us as human beings are, are will experience, have experienced, are, are going to experience. So it's always interesting to me why anyone would ever go to anyone and say like, oh, well it moves in this linear fashion (laughs) other other than it's just a way for someone who's otherwise, you know, absolutely floored by the situation as human beings, we, we need to make patterns out Mm -hmm. of things or else like our our heads would explode. Correct. So, yeah, but it's, it's, I, I think about that more and more that it is one of the most, it can be one of the most unifying experiences for those of us who are still here because it has happened, will happen, is going to happen to every single one of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And there's a wonderful video for people to check out. Um, it's about 17 minutes long on your YouTube channel, um, but it is worth a watch, especially if this is something that you're managing or working through, um, that I think it's something that could really help. So um, I commend you for the vulnerability on that and and for sharing today, you know, uh, you know, the, the, it takes courage to do that. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um so there's always there's never an easy way to just transition out of that stuff so we'll just, we'll just, we'll just come right out the other side. So how yeah. was Music Fest?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah.
3: I'm still on a high from Music Fest.
1: <laughs> you were on like the best stage on some of the most beautiful weather. Um, And you were having such a great Mm -hmm. time, the two of you out there. Um, And uh, we do have a clip here of the song Atlas uh, to share. But why don't you talk a little bit more about it before I I bring that up? I figured that was a good one to play after all this, too, because it's a super fun, upbeat song. So um, tell us more about your experience with Music Fest.
3: Well, we did not know that our stage was going to be so amazing. So (laughs) we definitely when we showed up, we were like, what? <laughs> we get to play on that stage and the background is just like so yep. stunning and beautiful. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: It felt it felt really, really magical.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um yeah. How was it? It was weird, surreal.
2: <laughs> it was surreal. Yeah. I mean, I just wanna it made me want to get on more stages, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Sure. Just feeling sound that big and like the air of like being kind of in this exposed space and yeah. hearing your music that loud. Unique. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It
2: was really, really cool. It was a. I think it was like a big kind of like, wow, we're 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 here. Um, first of many. It's a validation
1: moment.
0: Of uh, yeah, definitely definitely a
2: validation moment. And yeah, uh, yeah, it was incredible. Great, great, great people were there. It was a great vibe. It felt like Mm -hmm. a really like supportive space to uh, bring our our festival life into fruition.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's bring it up here. It's a song called Atlas. It's not yet released, Um, right? It's going to be something that's forthcoming.
3: Yeah, they will be on the upcoming album.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we'll let it play here for a little bit, and then uh, we'll we'll lower it down, and you can speak to some of that upcoming music. So uh, here's Atlas by Clover. Doc Martin boots, I was like, holy <laughs> yeah. smokes, that is not
2: easy to oh, do. Oh, there's the umbrella. Yeah, the umbrella. umbrella. I was curious
4: where the umbrella came from or, or, or what was going to be done with it. <laughs> right. You it's a very I mummer's remember. moment right
1: there. Yeah. You can't put a prop like that on stage and then not utilize it. <laughs> right.
0: Um,
1: yeah, umbrella. But, so, from my perspective, again, like having heard your recorded music, then I know there's this moment where it's this is the stage and, you know, I'm going to be recording something specifically because we had already chatted about having you on the show. So I was like, oh, let me capture some stuff to play. And then this song comes on and I'm like, how lucky am I? Like, it's like five in the afternoon, perfect weather, August. This music is perfect. I got a beer in my hand. And I was just like, Who, who's got a better life than this? So it was just so magical moment. It was a Music Fest magic moment.
3: Oh, uh, I'm so glad. Yeah. Um, I also want to say that you did not do this on purpose but this actually is a perfect bridge between the conversation we were having before and getting into the music because this song is actually about my dad and and the it's like one of the songs where I knew that the topic was very heavy but I Mm -hmm. wanted it to be dancey and feel light so I'm glad that it it did exactly that and you know you you, you felt the dance vibes yeah Um, yeah yeah It's a really fun one to perform live.
1: (laughs) Clearly. I mean, again, this is what I talked about before is I feel like some people could say, oh, just a vocalist and just a guitarist. You know, should I even bother? And the answer is not only 100% yes, but like it fills the stage. I mean, that's not easy to do.
4: Yeah, yeah. Like sonically, too, because like you can get kind of trapped with... Sort of like, for lack of a better term, canned drums. You know, like th- there's only so many things you can do with a recording because it's 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 permanent. Like you you have to either turn it up or turn it down. Uh but a r- remarkable depth of sound right there, just with 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 pre recorded backing track. Your your guitar sounds outstanding.
2: I had no idea
4: <laughs> that that your guitar sounded outstanding.
2: No, it's just like it was. So, <laughs> like I feel like the sound up there was really loud, and it was it was. I think it sounded better. Like I was really good to watch that for me because it sounded better in that in that video <laughs> recording than it did yeah. to me on stage. And Although I remember no, having almost, a lot I, of fun playing playing yeah. that song. So I, I was
1: the it, but, yeah. the sound engineer is like halfway back in in the audience there, and that's about yeah. where I was. So. He must have So it's, it's a weird space, but it's good because you have these concrete buildings, but you don't see from the shot that I did is actually okay. the Bethlehem Public Library from Elevenfest earlier today <laughs> is on the right side of, of that stage. Uh, and um, like our city hall is on the left. So it creates a very good echo, not a bad one. It's a very good kind of like sound bouncing situation. Oh, cool. and uh, And you that's can good. see there. And that's, again, like uh, we always talk about it. That's just the iPhone. It gets such good video. It's unbelievable. The, oh,
4: the video. I was to, You recorded that on the iPhone? That's and amazing. the audio.
1: Audio and video. Just the iPhone. Wait, really? That's yeah. it. That's People always ask me, did I have access to the soundboard? The answer is always no.
0: Yeah.
1: Like even the I artists, when the I music say music I'm going to play from Music Fest, they're like, "What well, can I listen to it first? And then they're always like, oh, you must have been in the soundboard. I'm like, no, that's just that camera uh-huh. <laughs> and that wow. oh, that speaker. It's it.
2: Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It does some it does some nice compression actually. Yeah. You do
1: have to be very cautious of where you are for, <laughs> from the speakers. Like you do have to make it I have to make a conscious decision of positioning myself where it's going to capture it well. But as long as you do that, it does a phenomenal job all on its own. Yeah, for sure.
2: Thanks for sharing Not that. I'm- that. Yeah, I want to yeah. get a copy of that video, man. I got We were, Go we were dancing. We've, we've, we were dancing so hard here that Clover spilled her whole tea over on the floor. I
3: know. I've Which been like been quietly, quietly trying up. to like clean up
0: this <laughs> tea that I spilled um, out. We uh, <laughs> we um,
1: we got that, and we also have a high speed chase from that day. And I put that out on Reels today. Um, So if people want to check that out, it's on the Instagram feed. Um, So there's also other new music uh, that just got released uh, around the Halloween release of the song Spooky, which was perfect. Um, And so that was another one you were going to perform today, right?
3: Yeah. Danny, let's do it. Yeah.
1: And then so, again, we'll come off screen. And what you can do is give a little bit of backstory on there and then let her rip.
3: All right. Sounds good. All right, I'll talk while you get that set up. Um, So Spooky um, is a song that I wrote that was inspired by my very eccentric upbringing. Both my parents were artists and our home was always filled with, like I said earlier, strange music. We had lots of pets. At one point we had pet ducks. Um, We had dogs, cats, an African bullfrog. It was just like really this... Whimsical home, um, so I wanted to write this song about that experience and also how I feel like all of that made me the witchy woman I am today. So this co- this song mm-hmm. is called. Spirit.
0: Jack! like language in a sleep question throwing in the tea affirmations on repeat like i'm a fucking goddess there's nothing that can stop me she won't start to question every lesson anymore. love big lift crowd be loud and dance like no one's looking She's a witch in the wind, riding on a piece of patriarchy. She dismantles within, nobody suspects a thing. She casts spells in a song, puts them up on true platforms, so you can all sing along and manifest your destiny. She don't need.
1: love that song so cool well thank you so much for playing everything sounded so great you guys sounded awesome
3: thank Thank you so much much. this is so much fun yeah absolutely
0: (laughs) so uh
1: one thing yeah in in relation to that song today in fact on on instagram you had posted this new image that you have Mm -hmm. back to the back to the merch conversation um Mm -hmm. and it speaks to the witchiness that you were talking about yeah oh there we go and you were putting it out there to take kind of, like, feedback from your your fans what to do with the image. So did the people want to see yes. it on bags or T-shirts or whatever? So people who uh, are so inclined go to uh, uh, at Clover on the mic, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Get, That's you right.
1: Can, you can follow on Instagram. And then right now you have the ability to kind of submit your idea on where that should go. So you want to hear my idea?
3: What's your idea? I, yeah, I, I think it hear.
1: should go on, like, a, the cover of a journal, like, to, to have Ooh. it as – like mm-hmm. a book of spells. That's right. So people could use it for that or for journaling or for songwriting. lyric yeah. writing poetry. Oh, I, I love thought that, that would idea. be a very cool way to do it.
3: That's oh, such that's a, good a good idea. One. Thank you for sharing that.
1: I think yes. it I would look that good. Idea.
4: Yeah. I think it would look good on a slip mat for uh for a turntable as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, the thing you put on wow. your
4: uh, And I say this as as a uh, as a sometime vinyl DJ. I'm always into interesting slip mats that I can bring with me and put down, and no one sees them but me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it feels good. I can see yes, that.
1: Absolutely, it's like
4: having cool socks on that no one else can see. Right. Like I know self care. It's self care, Dan. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. um, so one last topic I wanted to ask about was you. You have a great selection on the youtube channel of covers and so mm-hmm. you don't play the classic covers you play some very cool ones so even if it is a well-known artist it's a not well-known track so dan yeah. in particular you wanted to speak to uh, oh to absolutely
4: hendrix. oh yeah I, I i wanted to speak to the hendrix cover uh because it's absolutely amazing i'm a i'm like a deep dive hendrix guy and i have been like it, it's interesting. Everyone listens to Jimi Hendrix. Everyone has heard Jimi Hendrix and probably even been moved in some way by Jimi Hendrix. But like to really dive in, especially Axe's Bold and Love, uh, Bold Love as an album, and to pick Little Wing, which is like a nearly forgotten <laughs> tune of his. It's not a banger. It's not a ri- It doesn't rip. Uh, but it's one of my favorite Hendrix songs uh, ever. And your particular treatment of it, like just, it took that slightly more like like relaxed vibe that he was going for in the studio and you really just broadened it out. I, I was curious, like, do you, like, did you come up like a, like a deep dive Hendrix fan too? Did you just pick the song? Cause you liked how it sounded.
3: Danny is the deep dive Hendrix fan. Yeah,
2: here.
3: <laughs> And this is a song that you would play. Often, yeah. Right? Yeah. This is
2: my favorite Hendrix song. And I, I grew it, up loving it. Like I, I think Hendrix was like my first, first and still guitar hero. Yeah. So I played it a lot, and then yeah, I wanted us to play it.
3: I don't know. I can't. I remember. wanted us to play
2: it, and for like at, at shows and stuff, and then you like took well, I, it, and...
3: and then I stole it.
2: Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> <Good. laughs>
3: I mean, I also when I when he started playing this song, I always loved it and wanted to sing it, and we were at our producer's house, and um, I kind of mentioned that I thought it would be cool to do. A Hendrix cover and put it on the upcoming album um and at the time we were just like okay what could it be and I threw out Little Wing not ever having actually really played it before Mm -hmm. um and we're at his house and he has this upright piano and he's just I was just like let me just try it and Mm -hmm. then that is the the version that you're hearing so it's I think the reason why it went in the direction it did was because I had never played it before, and I was like, I was just doing my version, yeah, you know. I yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. It was so much fun, and I, I really love how it turned out. Yeah, awesome. it,
4: it, it came out great, and I just, I, I'm always a fan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of covers. Uh, I, I always have been, always will be, and I really like when someone takes something lesser known. Um And especially like a song like that for for him is a decidedly like kind of non-Hendrix sort of tune for him to do. Mm-hmm. And that whole record that it comes off of, um, like everyone holds up Electric Ladyland, everyone holds up Band of Gypsies. No one talks much about Axis Bold of Love because it's really out there.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, And like for, for you to pick that tune, like I just like and I discovered it this morning and I was like. Oh, this is so cool. You really like that song has a lot of space in it already. And you just, you pulled at it, it just the right way. I, I good, good job, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> good job, Thank everybody. You so much. Yeah. Good work making a good song.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Um, so, yeah, so the the handle Clover on the Mic is important for people to take from this. So whether that's the YouTube channel, the Instagram or the Web page. So I'm going to start bringing up your website here. Um, it's Clover on the And then you can link to just about everything. There's the grief journey. Uh, you know, there's spooky uh, ways to listen and, and watch that stuff. Um, you have a Patreon. People, I always want to mention that so that in case people want to get involved with the Patreon to support you, there's ways to do that. Um, $3 a month, not too much to ask. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, all the links here to the socials, to, you know, uh, you know, Bandcamp and, you know, all, you know, ways to stream and the contact, the bio. Uh, and then here was the merch we were talking about. So anyway, um, mainly mm-hmm. wanted to kind of just bring this all out so that you could kind of promote whatever here you would want to do in addition to this. So what else can we promote for you?
3: Uh, Good question. Well, I did just, <laughs> I did just put out a music video, uh, for spooky. That's right. on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, that is super cool because it actually was all filmed on the iPhone. Like we were talking about. Right. Um, and we were just in Europe. So the oh, whole video is right. filmed in Scotland and Iceland. So it's just a very Ooh. cool, uh, video to check out.
2: Yeah. Clover, Clover did the full edit on her own. Uh huh. Quite impressive. That's fantastic. Nice, very very funny video. Yeah, it is. It it is a
1: a good watch.
4: Everything's being done in house. You're editing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're doing.
3: We are doing it all. True
4: DIY. Mm Yeah, it's exhausting, isn't it?
3: (laughs) 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 It's exhausting, and it's so much fun. Exactly.
4: Um, At least the exhaustion, you don't feel hit over the head like you worked for someone else because you're working for yourself and you're making your own thing, and that's right. All the labor is towards something something greater than you. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's awesome. I, I think it's great that you, that, that you both like do so much in a, in this
1: project. Yeah, we love well, it. I, for one, can't wait to see you perform live again. Um, so I can't wait to see that. Hopefully there's some, you know, either winter or spring shows that'll get announced and I can't wait to see that all happen and all the new music that'll be coming out soon. We were able to tease a few of them today. So my heart is full Clover, Danny, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was such a joy to have you. Yeah,
3: Thank you so much for having us.
1: Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Dan Drago, I owe you a massive thank you as well. Oh, yeah.
2: Probably. These are always better. No one wants to
1: hear me blather on as a solo mission. So, uh, you know, when when David had given me the, the the heads up that he wasn't able to join tonight, I was like, "Who can I ask?" And Dan Dan Drago is a very easy top of the list. Who, so. who
4: has a Who has a bizarre studio in his basement too?
1: <laughs> and and is down for this like at the drop of a hat? But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah
4: no, it was you. You're, you're fortunate you caught me on an evening where I was like, "I'm actually not interviewing anyone, nor am I running away anywhere." Last <laughs> last night I was at Union Transfer. Uh, checking That's out right. Uh, great, go, go, right? going to see Tortoise, which yeah. was just mind blowing. I've never, I've been a fan of theirs for years, and I've yeah. never seen them. It was amazing. That's so cool. Uh, yeah, great and, venue, great band. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But this was um, great too. I didn't, I was not familiar with Clover. You had mentioned her before to me, perhaps in the ramp up of some music fest related sure. mad, madness that, that you sure. were cooking up. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to listen to her back in the summer when you probably mentioned her. So this morning I just sort of had to, it was sort of a crash course, a, a Clover, Clover crash course. Uh, <laughs> and, and it was great. And like I said, I discovered that Hendrix cover and mm-hmm. I always feel weird sort of like, I don't want to like focus too much on a cover for, especially for an original band, but like they really like anyone out there who's a Hendrix fan, especially like an Axis Bold is Love fan. Like you have to go listen to her rendition of Little Wing. It's, it's, it's remarkable. It really is. Um, and I will stop harping on the cover right now, but it was really such a cool, uh, a cool track.
1: That's right. And actually I just, uh, here we got a comment here from Nate of, you know, that's my Joint. He said, all my pals are palin. Yes, we are that's Nate. And we, uh, we, we previewed the, uh, the the top uh, 885 songs, but we didn't go into anything. Uh, We just kind of teased it, uh, and hopefully we can get the three of us on a triple crossover episode in December. Three
4: three screens, no waiting.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that list will start getting out there, uh, I think December uh, 5th, I think they said, something like that. And and they're going to go from 885 down to 1. And in the midst of that, you know, we'll sit there and say, we should should wager like five bucks each to see who has the most at the highest numbers. I guess it would be the lowest numbers. Anyway, uh, we'll figure that part out and, and get We should come up with
4: some kind of pool. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, to to see who who wins. Um, But uh, what else did we learn today, Dan? Oh, we learned all
4: kinds of things. Um, I I learned that uh, it 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 was very interesting to talk with her about, like again, like the the actual materials of making. Mm your own band merchandise, because yeah. it's, it's something just like all, you know, clothing and stuff that we tend to think of in, in, in this country, in this age that we live in. Um, it mm-hmm. seems so entirely either completely on demand and disposable at the same time. So for her to like go through the care of taking something, making it into something else, like I said, you're not just buying a t-shirt you're buying, you're, you're buying piece of art. You're, you're buying a, a, a craft, like something that someone made speaks more to the old ways than, than the new ways. And like I said, I've gotten sort of a crash course mm-hmm. in, Natural dying over the last few weeks and yep. it was just cool to like learn that about her and i was like oh, it's so neat like it's really special like i guess it there's a connection between like someone who buys like a shirt from her that she made it's way deeper than like i designed it and had it printed but like it's it's totally mm-hmm. different like and
1: I- all available at the uh that that Beacon thrift shop uh, in in Brooklyn, New York. Um, (laughs) They specialize in Um, cloverware. but That's what I learned. And I also just learned once again about the the beauty and magic of music to be a healing and universal communication source. Um, I just thought all of that was, was amazing that the, the, the incredibly big and heavy topics that she manages to then also sound so beautiful and so, you know, whatever she wants it to its either light and airy and dancey, even though it's heavy or a little bit deeper because that's the, the important part there. It's really, really magical.
4: Yeah. And we didn't go down the rabbit hole too much with her on the song Atlas, but like, I imagine if, if the meta and she could probably chime in on this later, uh, if the metaphor is like Atlas, the, the, guy who had the world literally on his shoulders like and then to take
1: that was what I thought
4: there. and she said it was about her father so I was like okay I'm like she's I giving him
1: a giant thumbs up right
4: now oh good good yeah. oh where is she I, you she nailed it here I can't okay, yeah I can sure. see yeah. her in
1: the, in the virtual green room
4: <laughs> I I imagined and and we, we just didn't get a, a time to go down that 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 the particular uh, pursuit right there but when she said it was about my father it's called Atlas and I was like well based on metaphor and literature like I can I I, I think I have an idea what the song is about but it's yeah But then to make it light and airy, the idea of the song about Atlas also being light and airy is very interesting to me. All right, Phil, let's say goodbye to everybody.
1: We hope you have enjoyed this episode of your next favorite band. Uh, We would like to thank both Clover on the mic, make sure you remember that for the socials and for the website Clover and Danny Sundry for joining us today and sharing those uh, incredibly important and deep stories uh, as well as um, playing two songs that sounded incredible uh, and sharing the other music that we had ca- captured from Music Fest and off of their YouTube channel. Don't forget to stay tuned after these credits to catch This Love, which is a wonderful, wonderful song, and it was what really kind of launched her, her career. Um, there will be links in the show notes to many, many of the different things we referenced here. Uh, in addition to all the the socials and and the website, we're going to try and link to things like um the uh um the video about the grief and and some of the other different uh links that have come up during this show and and, and you know uh, the various uh, uh topics that we've touched upon uh so please check them out follow and like and subscribe and as always our hope here is to bring you your next favorite band if you tuned in tonight because you already knew clover thank you so much we hope you enjoyed things and uh, might consider liking and subscribing and following us so that uh, we can bring you your next favorite band in a future episode. Um, All of our prior episodes are available at nextfaveband.com as well as on our YouTube channel. Um, And uh, you might have your next fave band already available to you out there so you can check out our historical uh, interviews. Um, We uh, have some great stuff coming up here for the rest of the season and uh, hope to see you at a live show soon. Here is This Love by Clover.
3: The best kind of love that you can share with someone, a friend, lover, partner, all the above, is one that sees your soul and can't help but embrace it, even the rough and ragged parts. It's the kind of love that challenges you and empowers you to embrace you, too. And that kind of love is straight-up magic.
0: You feel like walking a tightrope, eyes blindfolded in the black of the night, boy. Got your hands gripping the rope, don't leave me no slack, boy. Hold it tight, boy, this love This love Started catching myself and my glances Longing to linger on you From my body gravitate to your dancing From across the room This love